Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It. In this episode, I chat with Blair Williams, a WordPress veteran with lots of great plugins. We'll talk specifically about MemberPress and what it's like creating that plugin, the decision-making that went into their pricing, WP Cron, and lots more. We'll get into that next, but first, a word from our sponsors. This season of How I Built It is brought to you by two fantastic sponsors. The first is Liquid Web. If you're running a membership site, an online course, or even a real estate site on WordPress, you've likely already discovered many hosts that have optimized their platforms for a logged out experience, where they cache everything. Sites on their hardware are great for your sales and landing pages, but struggle when your users start logging in. At that point, your site is as slow as if you were on $3 hosting. Liquid Web built their managed WordPress platform optimized for sites that want speed and performance, regardless of whether a customer is logged in or logged out. Trust me on this, I've tried it out and it's fast, seriously fast. Now, with their single site plan, Liquid Web is a no-brainer for anyone whose site is actually part of their business and not just a site promoting their business. Check out the rest of the features on their platform by visiting them at buildpodcast.net slash liquidweb. That's buildpodcast.net slash liquidweb. It's also brought to you by Jilt. Jilt is the easiest way to recover abandoned shopping carts on WooCommerce, Easy Digital Downloads, and Shopify. Your e-commerce clients could be leaving literally thousands of dollars on the table, and here's why. 70% of all shopping carts are abandoned prior to checkout. Yes, you heard that right. 70% of shoppers never make it to checkout. And that's why you need to introduce your clients to Jilt. Jilt uses proven recovery tactics to rescue that lost revenue. It's an easy win that lets you boost your client's revenue by as much as 15%, and it only takes 15 minutes of your time to set up. Jilt fully integrates with WooCommerce, EDD, and Shopify, and you can completely customize the recovery emails that Jilt sends to match your client's branding using its powerful drag-and-drop editor, or by digging into the HTML and CSS. Even better, Jilt's fair pricing means your clients pay only for the customers they actually engage, and you get to earn a cut of that through Jilt's partner program. Whether you have clients that process one sale per month or 10,000 sales per month, be the hero and help them supercharge their revenue with Jilt. Check them out at buildpodcast.net slash Jilt. That's buildpodcast.net slash J-I-L-T. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Blair Williams of MemberPress. Blair, how are you today? Doing well. Doing great. Excellent. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, We met a couple of years ago and then recently saw each other again uh, at Cabo Press. Is that right? Yes. Cool. Rad. Well, why don't we uh, jump right into it? Uh, why don't you tell cool. the folks who you are and, and what you do? So I am Blair Williams, like Joe said, and I am the founder of MemberPress. And so uh, MemberPress is a membership plugin for WordPress. So 
when you install it, it allows you to lock down posts and pages and content and put them basically behind a paywall. So people have to pay in order to re to get them. So it's great for, you know, online courses and, and also for just all kinds of protected files. Associations use them. You know, there's, there's a, a lot, a wide range of uses for a membership site. So that's what we do 24 seven. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Now I know that uh, you are quite the developer. Steph Wells mentioned you on yeah. her episode back in season three, I believe it was. Uh, cool. You gave her a little push, right, to get and get into the development world. Is that yeah, nice? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Steph's actually my wife's. Well, I think it's technically second cousin, but, gotcha. but they're but they're 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 a little closer than that. And uh, and yeah, so I worked with Steph uh, back in the day, and uh, kind of got her. I was like, you know, you probably got to think about uh, programming, you know. Yeah, and so and so now they are rocking and rolling with formidable forms. So it's not that you know. I mean, she's just done a ton of work. I just planted the seed. My heck, she's nice. amazing. And yeah. Steve, they're both amazing. So yeah, absolutely. That was one of my favorite conversations because you know my wife is a nurse, and so Steph kind of made the yep. move from my wife's profession to my profession. So I really enjoy talking to her about that. Yeah, cool. But uh, so so you do member press. Now, how, like, where does MemberPress fall in the timeline of, I know there's like a bunch of membership plugins out there, right? Right, right. So we launched MemberPress in 2013. So there were uh, a handful of other ones. Well, I mean, there were still quite a few back then as well. I mean, part of the reason that, that we started or that I started down the road of writing MemberPress was that I had used, well, actually previously to even WordPress, I had written membership sites just using custom code like Ruby on Rails. That was kind of my forte nice. back then. And and I wrote it for a couple of different clients. And then I started, I don't know where I heard about it. I think it was because, so in 2009, I released, uh, I started getting into WordPress, like more on the marketing side. And I released uh, Pretty Links, which is a, uh, it's an affiliate link management plugin and uh, link shrinker. And so it's just on the WordPress directory. But uh, anyway, so I just released that, and so I was kind of getting into into WordPress, and I and I found that there were WordPress plugins that kind of did exactly what I had already built for some of my clients, you know. <laughs> so I started investigating it, and of course, I had a couple of other clients that wanted to build membership sites as well. So I just started using a couple of them. There there were a couple of uh, plugins out there. I think Wishlist was a big one back then. There was also a member which was not a plugin. But it integrated with it integrated with WordPress, and I think that they, I mean they're both still going, you know, and they're still you know good solutions for sure. The thing that I had an issue with was I wanted deep WordPress integration, I wanted unencrypted code, and I wanted just uh, a little bit more of a flexible way to protect stuff and to protect things a little bit more in a more solid fashion. And so I just got a wild hair and decided to write. Member press, and initially I wrote it to sell Affiliate Royale. So I had actually written okay. another program that or a plugin that's an affiliate. So it it helps you to run an affiliate program on your website. So I released Pretty Links and then Affiliate Royale. But in the kind of interim there, I had written kind of the first iteration of Member Press just to facilitate you know selling the plugin, and so that's kind of where it, where it started. And then I decided, hey, 
you know, there's probably a market for this. And I think that it was just kind of out of getting to know the WordPress, you know, environment and, you know, seeing what solutions were out there. And so I guess, I mean, it's kind of a developer founder, you know, kind of thing. I didn't really do a ton of research, Mm -hmm. market research, other than that I knew that I needed it. And I thought other people might need it too, uh, kind of a thing. And so I started getting it ready to to sell. And 2013, we, you know, launched it. So Nice. Very nice. So yeah. So okay. So you didn't do research in, say, the traditional sense, right? It was very scratch your own itch kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But you had used other ones. You had some clients. How Absolutely, did you- yeah. Had membership plugins could be just like these huge, like, you know, you have oh, like yeah. the main thing and then you have like a million edge cases. How did you kind of decide uh, what to put into that first build? Was it just like the stuff that you needed or did you know that you'd eventually yeah. release it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically it was the stuff that I thought that I, I would need. And I, I don't think I realized even up front that there were going to be so many edge cases, you know. <laughs> but there, I mean, we still get, you know, requests for all kinds of different, you know, things that, that people need to do in their business. And, uh, and so that's a, that's a good thing for us. It, it, it can be difficult to kind of, you know, decide what you're going to put into the plugin, if you're going to add features or if you're going to not add them, or if you do add them, how do you keep, you know, kind of the, the paradigm of simplicity mm-hmm. still, you know, Totally. Uh, in there some somehow and that's that's a challenge you know and you know i'm sure that we're not perfect at everything but we really try hard to you know to to keep that as a guiding principle to make things kind of clean cuz initially when i when i started writing it my needs were very simple and i think that the the membership systems that i had written for other clients were fairly simple and then they started bolting on kind of custom things. So it wasn't like a, you know, you're doing it for a client. So you just built, you know, you have yeah. to figure out ways to build it in. Right? right. Right. But they kind of became their own customized kind of deal. But I think what we have today with uh member press is could probably, you know, fit any of those needs from back then and way more, you know, at this point. So. Nice. Yeah. And so, you know, I see you kind of have a, a- a pretty interesting pricing structure, right? So you have like the basic plus pro and yep. that includes different, a different number of sites. But uh, the thing I want to call out here is that like the basic includes PayPal and Stripe support. And then the plus includes authorized.net, right? And so yep. authorized.net holds us, let's say, a, we'll say special, but a terrible place in my heart. <laughs> Because before I started, you know, before I started using WordPress for everything and e-commerce stuff, you know, integrating Authorize was such a pain in the neck. Yeah. Is, is it still? Has it gotten better? Uh, the interface is very similar. I mean, I think we've pretty much got got it dialed in to, you know, at, at this point. But it's definitely – and I think that they have made some, you know, changes, you know, over time. But it's definitely nothing like working with Stripe. I mean, Stripe is probably, you know, is our favorite, of course. I mean, yeah. in terms of – working with, you know, for the API and all that. But yeah, Authorize, you know, we, we've we had, you know, that's kind of, and it's kind of in the plus because it's, you know, as people get more and more volume, uh, yeah. Authorize yeah, turns into a, a, a better, a, it can be a better solution for people with high volume, especially because you can, you know, it's a true kind of gateway interface, right? So 
So people can change out their merchant account or whatever and can sometimes get better rates on on those things. So there's still a very viable and still a well-used option. Of course, Stripe is a little easier to work with. (laughs) Totally, yeah. I mean, Stripe, you know, I was able to – I made just like a HTML and CSS site Oh, cool. Just for fun. You know, like make sure I don't lose those skills, right? Absolutely, yeah. And integrating Stripe was – pretty easy like even sending like the custom information that i wanted to send to the api was wasn't bad at all so uh yeah i guess the reason i started down this path was you know how do you how did you decide because pricing is really hard for everybody right so like how did you decide like where to include these things and also like how did you decide uh okay well we're definitely going to support authorize.net or like how many of those feature requests do you get that you say no to or, or things like that yeah, well, in our case, because we're a WordPress plugin, and I know, you know, I'm sure some of our competitors have kind of, they support additional payment options. But one of the things that we do is we offload the recurring part of the part of uh, subscriptions to the gateway. So with Authorize, we use their ARB, so their automated recurring billing. And then uh, for PayPal, we use uh, recurring profiles. And then for Stripe, we use, you know, their subscriptions. And so the benefit that we found to that was that, and I guess this is probably not a good thing for us, per se, but it's a good thing for the customer, is that, that if they decide, hey, I don't like member press anymore or whatever, they can, they, those subscriptions are portable. They can take right. those. And the other thing is that WordPress historically has not had a good track record with, well, okay, so I'm not going to hate totally on WP Cron, but that's basically the, the only thing that you can guarantee will be present in a WordPress install mm-hmm. in Unix or like in custom projects we've done in the past, you use a thing called cron, right, right? Right. Which is, is pretty, is pretty reliable. And I think that that's how a lot of these, uh, you know, I'm sure Stripe and authorize and all of them are using cron on the back end in order to do these recurring payments. But uh, for us, we don't have that luxury. And so we've tried to use WP cron, which is kind of a, it's a simulation of cron that's right. not totally like so we weren't really comfortable using that as kind of a a, a way to like fire off payments since right, those are yeah. kind of important for people and so so we we rely on the gateways for that so long story short here so there are certain gateways that we can't really support if we want to continue doing it that way right because some gateways do not have recurring profiles or that sort of thing. But we do get requests from time to time for other gateways and we definitely evaluate, you know, those things. And uh, we have a few kind of in the works. And so, yeah, that's kind of how we kind of evaluate it is basically it's kind of based on the feature set and basically how easy it is for our customers to use and to access. So. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. You know, it's, it sounds like for, for subscriptions, at least you have a a recurring payments, you have a principle that you follow and then your evaluation is based on that principle. I love that. Now, quick clarification for WP Cron. And I think I know how this works, but you know, I'm going to get expert clarification. here. Yeah. Yeah. Does WP Cron only fire, like you schedule something and then it fires as long as someone visits the site. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's based on the. So what what happens is that yeah, it 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 basically uses JavaScript to fire off a non-blocking request. You know, so in theory, the the person visiting the page won't see 
you know, they won't notice any lag or anything, but it for, you know, kind of, yeah, the JavaScript will actually call another thing and it's not blocking. Right. And what we've done, there are ways you can actually tie it to real cron. Okay. Right. And that's what we do in our development environment. Cause we still use it for reminders and for other kind of maintenance tasks on, on, uh, on member press. But, but yeah, so it's, it's just not, you're not guaranteed a specific time that will right. fire off. And uh, there's some other kind of limitations of it, but you know, it works fine for a lot of the things that we, that we do with it. It's just right. payments just are like, not one of those yeah. things. Yeah. If you want, provide. if you want payment to, you know, recur at midnight on the date, somebody yep. needs to hit that site at midnight yeah. on the date. Right. Yeah. So uh, for those listening who aren't necessarily like super developery, you will notice that if you schedule a WordPress post, and then no one visits your site within the window that you were supposed to have that post published, right? Yep. So like scheduled if, posts are definitely that. Yeah. Way, yeah. So if you're wondering, like, hey, I scheduled my post for like three o three, and it's now three o five, and my post hasn't published, it's because nobody has visited your site. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about a sponsor I'm so excited to have on the show this week, and that's Beaver Builder. Beaver Builder is a drag and drop page builder and a platform you can trust with your business. Free up your time and join over half a million websites built with Beaver Builder. I have been using Beaver Builder for a couple of years now and I couldn't be happier with it. It's an excellent tool with a lot of flexibility. You can check them out at buildpodcast.net slash builder. That's buildpodcast.net slash builder. And now back to the show. Yeah, a simple way around that. I mean, so you there is you can Google it and find that there are ways to tie it to real cron. But if you don't have that level of access with your web host or something, just get a get sign up with a, a service like Pingdom or okay, yeah, you know something yeah. like that where you you should be using something like that anyway to monitor kind of the downtime, downtime. and get it to hit your your site every like five minutes, and that will fire off cron or WP cron. Right. Yeah. Right. Cool. Uh, so actually, that's a really good transition into uh, the title question. How did you build it? Because I'd love to talk to yeah. you about, you know, again, uh, WordPress is running on all sorts of environments like you just talked about. Yeah. Uh, membership plugins can get pretty complicated. So yes. how did you what kind of tools do you use in developing developing MemberPress specifically for testing? Yeah. So that has been a hard one historically now. Uh, so, uh, well, at least the testing part of it. But now that it's a little bit better. So but I'll start with kind of the, the, the first part of your question here. So I'm kind of more of an old school kind of person. And because I've been used, I was initially starting to do a lot of the te- or a lot of the development of gateways on, it, it was difficult to do it on a local server sure. uh, initially. I, there are tools now that will allow you to, to get those webhooks to come back because you have to get, you have to, when you set up Stripe or PayPal or Authorize, you have to configure a URL that they're going to hit back to you. So in PayPal, a lot of people are familiar with the concept of the IPN, the mm-hmm. uh, instant payment notification. And so when you have when you're developing on your local machine, that historically has been difficult. Of course, there are ways around that now where you know it can get to you. But yeah, back. So I just set up a a, a Linode server, a development server, and some environments on that, and then. I would just log in and I use Vim, well, VI mm-hmm. formerly, but now Vim 
uh, for pretty much all my development. Nice. So I'm I, I'm not like a I'm not like super dialed in with anything. Although I have been using Atom a little bit more lately, and I think that's it's got a good VI plugin uh, that nice. I really like. But but yeah, so development server is what I used in kind of a real kind of test environment. And then that way it, it was easier for me to like test kind of what a real environment would be like because it was on, it's on the web, you know, I can set up Stripe and all the different gateways so that I can just, you know, not fool around with being on the local environment. And so, I, I mean, clearly the, this kind of an environment isn't for everybody. I, I'm really comfortable in Vim, but it's got a pretty steep learning curve. Yeah. Um, I know that so there's a uh, Paul Carter who is our is now the head of support for us. He uh, he has a he actually still uses a Notepad plus plus. He's a Windows oh, guy. Wow. Yeah, I know, but it actually has a kind of a cool feature where you, it, you can basically like uh, it uses SFTP to to oh, kind of he, behind yeah. the scenes totally. sync files with the server. Yeah. So 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 he kind of was able to just use that same development server. He he actually helped. Uh, launch member press, you know, back in 2012, 2013 time frame. But, but yeah, he, that's kind of what, what he has used, but I don't really do any of that. Now I kind of have moved to a more of a local environment. So one of our developers uses VVV mm -hmm. uh, for all of his stuff. I still am kind of using flywheel. Uh, so flywheel local, which is yeah. actually really nice. And then for testing, we, you know, of course use the WCI or CLI test uh suite and uh, well it's php unit but uh right. they they've written some scripts that really make it a lot easier nice and so uh yeah so we're so it's been really good for us in terms of like the the uh the f kind of the style because i and a lot of my kind of colleagues <laughs> you know that i we were all ruby developers so yeah. of course uh, member press and kind of all of the the major prep plugins that I've written are in a kind of faux MVC, so model view controller right. kind of setup. And I think it's really served as well. Uh, WordPress actually has a really good, like, so like we've got controllers, which uh, basically, you know, we put all of our hooks kind of in one function in the controller and then we load nice. up controllers. And so those hooks get loaded on the, the loading of the, the plugin. And then we have, you know, views, which are basically templates, you know, that just have straight HTML and some, you know, view oriented, visual oriented PHP. And then we have models that, that we use. And we've actually kind of gotten our framework down, you know, it's, it's kind of just a, an internal framework that we just continue to improve, you know, for each of these plugins, but it's actually kind of gotten pretty refined now. So it's easy working with, we use WP shell a lot. So WP shell is another uh, WP CLI thing. And uh, I'm telling you, if you have not used that, it is, it's phenomenal because you can just run WordPress commands. It loads up your whole WordPress environment and you have an interactive shell where you can just like, you know, and if you want to do some quick and dirty testing, you know, before you, you know, have your kind of automated testing in place or, or whatever, you just run stuff right in the shell and it's, it's good. Awesome. Well, I'm going to link that in the show notes, definitely. And yeah, I, I'm going to check absolutely. that out. So I have a I have a follow up question to that because you came from a Ruby yeah. environment, and it's kind of my perception. Uh, you know, I've most of my experience is with PHP and WordPress. Right. But I, I have a master's in software engineering, so I oh, got cool. I got a lot of software development theory and and things like yeah. that. 
Do you feel like your background in Ruby has kind of helped you with the software engineering aspects of WordPress? Because I kind of feel like the WordPress development uh, group is is maturing, right? We're seeing a lot more automated testing and things like that. But I feel like we're getting more theories that older generations of coders have had for a while. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because I think part of that, though, is just WordPress actually deprecating some of the older versions <laughs> of PHP. And I wish that they would deprecate some more because, mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, PHP's made huge strides in that yeah. space. And when I started with Pretty Links, I mean, I was... I mean, you had to code to PHP 4, which didn't even have true, like, object. I mean, you could, yeah, it wasn't fully, like, object-oriented. Yeah. And it was just, those were those were the battle days, man. I mean, it was, yeah. it was hard. And there weren't, like, now as a developer, it's just so much better in WordPress because, you know, you have these extra tools, too. Like, WPCLI is a great one right. to use the crap out of. And there's VVV and there's all these things that didn't even exist back then. I mean, back then it was just like. You, know, yep. you just had to open up no Google it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stack Overflow. I didn't even yeah. know if there was. I guess Stack Overflow existed back then. Yeah, yeah, so I just Google that, stuff. Right? Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely. That's that's a really good point, right? The the version of PHP because for a while I remember like kind of the switch to like switching from four to five and kind of coding for both of those and like are you going to do things functional and and like right backwards compatibility and all these things that you have to consider for object-oriented, like true object-oriented programming. It's pretty interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that it has served me well, the kind of the old, you know, kind of skills that I've had, you know, I feel like the plugins are, are coded using, you know, real solid kind of software engineering kind of concepts, object-oriented design and all that kind of stuff. We're using MVC kind of pattern. We use singletons. We use, you know, like nice. all these things, you know, throughout the, throughout the, the code base that, that I, I feel like, you know, kind of makes it a little bit easier for us. We use one of the things that we started using as soon as PHP 4 was deprecated was auto loading, which has made a nice. lot of really good improvements, you know, for us. And so, I mean, and there are other things that hopefully we can start utilizing, you know, once PHP 2 is deprecated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be, that'll be really nice. There are a lot of, there are a lot of places in the code that I'd like to have rewritten, <laughs> you know. Gotcha. And so, but yeah. Some of the downsides of it, though, I would say, you know, coming from that background is that, you know, I I feel like there are people that are more like that have always kind of been in the WordPress environment and have always been. That's how they've kind of learned because WordPress historically hasn't always been like super consistent on like, you know, what how you should be doing things, you know. Yeah. And so. So there's been some questions here and there, and I've kind of gone off half cocked a few times and just like, it's like, well, this is how I know how to do it. So I'm just going to do it. And then right, I right. have, you know, one of my buddies like Brandon Dove or, or somebody, no, actually you shouldn't be doing that, Blair. You should do some, you know, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. So like uh, a good example of that would be like when custom post types first came out and I was still like, you know, writing custom database columns for, for things. I still believe that there are, Definitely important places for database columns, but right. or tables. But, but man, you can you can do a lot of cool stuff with custom post types, yeah, for sure. You know, and taxonomies. So uh, that's kind of just been the 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 downside is that sometimes you know I'm not you know it's like I know a way to do it and I just start doing it and then I right. have to reevaluate later. Oh, I 
no, WordPress already does some of this, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's a trap that a lot of, you know, that's, I think, my biggest fear as a developer is one day I'll just be like, I don't feel like learning new stuff, and then I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep coding in COBOL. Yeah, and just forever. Actually, though, with that, you know, it's like, if you did know COBOL, you'd probably be making a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, I'd be one point. of like now five people retired. working for a bank. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, AS400. Here oh, we go. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to link in the show notes to COBOL too for fun. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. Sweet. Well, so we talked a little bit about this, and so I feel like I feel like we should elaborate a little bit more. We're coming up on time, but I want to know like what your plans for the future are. You talked about maybe refactoring some things, but uh, what's coming down the pike for MemberPress? Well, yeah, I think this year we're doing a lot of uh, code kind of refactoring and enhancements. We're going to be doing a few new add-ons that I think are going to be pretty useful to people. And yeah, I I, I mean, just kind of continuing on down that road, just, you know, honing the product. And uh, yeah, this last year, you know, a lot of it was about, so we did some rebranding, a lot of rebranding work. We did a lot of analytics kind of work so we're we're trying to get better with our marketing and kind of like figuring out what our customers uh, want and need and dialing in all of our kind of business processes and so this next year i feel like you know we're going to be dropping some cool add-ons we're going to be uh but generally like uh, a lot of it's going to be about product improvement you know like we we're, i mean not that it's i mean i i of course you know think it's fantastic but it's also you know it's software, right? So yeah. there's always, you know, things that you want to clean up and make sure, you know, are working properly and performance enhancements and all of that. And so we're going to be doing a lot of that this year as well. So nice. That's awesome. And uh, I want, so I want to follow up on something you said about getting better with marketing. At the time of this recording, uh, PostStat has published an article from Scott Bollinger, um, mm-hmm. kind of like about the WordPress theme and plugin ecosystem. And how you used to be able to build something and then eventually people would buy it like if it was good and that's getting harder now have you have you noticed that oh yeah there's a bit there's been a real uh really dramatic i think over the last five years change in kind of the wordpress community i mean it's like you know you can kind of see it coming out of you know being a hobby for people into like this is my livelihood this is my lifeblood kind of thing and a lot of that, it's hard for me to, uh, this is one kind of question that I've had a lot, you know, because, you know, we've we've experienced growth every year, you know, not like rocket ship growth, but good steady, you know, you know, and you have to wonder, like, how much of that is tied to WordPress's growth, right? Because WordPress has just exploded in, you see it everywhere now, and it's, you know, it powers so much of the web now that you know, it's got a lot of attention, right? And so it's a bigger market, you know, it's not quite as much of a, like a, you know, everybody knows everybody kind of feel anymore. And so you have to do marketing. I mean, now, right. You have to like, you have to go out there and, you know, figure out, you know, SEO and Google ads and yada, yada, right. The whole thing. So, and you've got it, and I've noticed too that like the the branding has gotten you know really professional across the board. I think with, mm-hmm. with these sites, and then you've got like you know entities like Woo and and iThemes and stuff that are just like getting bigger and bigger and more and more more big business man right. than it than it has been in the past, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's that's really uh, that's uh, some really great insight, and I, I like that a lot. And so, um, I feel like we've already gotten a trade secret, but I'm going to ask. I'm going to end on my favorite question, <laughs> uh, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Twizzlers and Red Bull. Twizzlers and Red Bull. No. <laughs> I I think that that one of the things that I I think is a a trade secret, at least for the developer founder, is that you. First of all, if you are going to develop a product, you know, if you're going to if you want to go from like services into product, you pretty much have to control your own schedule and your kind of work environment. And then the other thing I would I, I think is a as another one is don't be afraid to, you know, work outside of kind of workout you know, general work hours. You know, I know it's hard, you know, balancing family and, and work and all that kind of stuff. But I you know, I think it can be done. And so I, I think it's not a, like a super huge, it seems kind of, you know, common sense, but it's, uh, that's how you do it. Right. Yeah. It's all about the hustle, right? <laughs> yeah. It's all about the hustle. Absolutely. I like that. You know, I, I have a, a wife and daughter now and I'm, I try to be really cognizant of spending time with them, but on the same token, uh, you know, there are some days like just work days where I'll knock off and, and play with them. And with the understanding that I'm going to have to make that time up maybe over a weekend or, or at night sometimes. So, yeah. You know, finding balance, especially when you work for yourself, especially for products, because it's your own schedule is really tough. So I think that's really great advice, especially for people who are just now like wading into the product space. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's uh, it can be it can be tricky, but yes. it can be done. Yes. And then when you do it, I'm sure it feels like a lot of fun to most people. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, I love what I'm doing right now. It's it's like play. Almost. Right. Don't yeah. tell my wife that though. Okay. Mum's the word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm work, I'm slaving away right now. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's all I have. Blair, thanks so much yeah, for your time absolutely. for coming on the show. What a great conversation. Thanks again to Blair for taking the time out of his day to talk to us. And thanks again to our sponsors. Make sure to check out Liquid Web for managed WordPress hosting. I use them on all of my important sites. They are that good. And they recently rolled out managed WooCommerce hosting too. They are at buildpodcast.net slash liquid. If you want to save your clients or yourself money through recovering abandoned carts, check out Jilt. They're over at buildpodcast.net slash Jilt. And finally, if you want to build incredible websites at a fraction of the time and the cost, check out Beaver Builder. I use it and I love it. They're over at buildpodcast.net slash builder. For all of the show notes, head over to howibuilt.it slash 66. If you like the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. It really helps people discover the show. Finally, so if you like the show and you want to support it directly, head over to patreon.com 